You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. WEEI Football Sunday is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro where recovery is possible by your local New England Kubota tractor dealers by Northeast Electrical where pros need pros at needco.com by Catches Law Group the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com and by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer now WEEI Football Sunday Super Wild Card Weekend Football Sunday on the heels of one of the craziest and most significant comebacks in NFL playoff history. It's your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart taking the WEEI Football Sunday reins from Gresh, Wiggy, and Keith throughout the remainder of the playoffs all the way up until Football Sunday's Supreme Battle, the big game, if you will, Super Bowl 57. Hello, how is everyone? Yes, that's right, it is WEEI Football Sunday. It's also Fitzy and Hart. Maybe we'll even call it a six-ring Sunday here on Boston Sports Original. 93.7 FM, WEEI, WEEI.com, and of course, on the Odyssey app. We've got three hours of prime football talk Ahead of you guys in anticipation of what should be a pretty great Sunday of football. Of course, 1 o'clock, you've got the Miami Dolphins with the legend of Skylar Thompson traveling to the emotional house that is Highmark Stadium with the Buffalo Bills. We'll see what DeMar Hamlin's role will be today after, of course, we learned that he did a visit with the team later this week after being discharged from medical centers in Buffalo. 440 today, probably the game of the day. The New York football Giants travel to Skull Country to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And at 8.15 tonight, it's who knows who's going to play quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens against Joey Burr and the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Hart, I am fired up for today's football. I'm fired up for today's show. We're going to talk Pats, wild card, and so much more. How are we feeling, guy? Let's just hope our show is better than the games yesterday, which were only 50-50 good. A half of good football in each of those games yesterday. I think you and I can bang out three solid hours of football talk, not 50-50. Are we on for that? Oh, are you, there, we have a treasure trove, a veritable cornucopia, riches, fields chock full of football to talk today, whether it's New England Patriots Fair in one of the weirdest weeks that I can remember in all of my now almost 49 years on earth and being a lifetime Patriots fan. We do have yesterday's wild card action. We'll preview today's action as well. 
and maybe we'll even touch on what's to come tomorrow night as well in what should be a great game. Will it be Tom Brady's final game in a Buccaneers uniform? Some believe yes. I think otherwise. But let's begin with la- with yesterday's action, Andy. You're right. We got in two football games, we got one solid football game, as in yeah. one good half of competitive football in San Francisco. The first half, I think mostly because the Seahawks left it all on the field, and sadly the 49ers were a little out of their element, and, and Brock Purdy needed to get tuned up a bit. Then in the second half, they absolutely blow doors on the Seahawks. Cut to the night game, and then the first half was just unwatchable. I mean, it was some of the worst football I had ever seen. The Chargers didn't even do very much to establish uh, a, a dominant presence or build that big lead. It was more like the Jags just throwing it to them with Trevor Lawrence having uh, a half to forget, which he was able to do, setting up a 27-7 halftime score. And then the second half, legitimately a great effort by the Jaguars and some brass balls play calling by Doug Peterson. But holy smokes, how Brandon Staley and Cam Accord both still have a job. I, your guess is as good as mine, audience. Who gets fired first? Give us a call, 617-779-7937. But that was literally, Andy, the most Chargers half of football in history. Absolutely. And you're right. Brandon Staley should be fired. I don't know if he will be. You know, I know uh, I was watching SportsCenter this morning, and Schefter was talking about how, you know, these Sean Payton rumblings. Imagine if you matched up Sean Payton with Herbert and what they could oh. do. And the historically cheap Chargers probably not going to go in that direction because they're just they're run like the late eight, uh, late seventies early eighties Patriots as a family business with little uh, little money to work with. But I don't know how he keeps his or job. Twenty eighth in cash spending. If, if they, they probably are, who knows? Um, right. I don't know how Staley keeps his job. To me, you're just wasting away years on on Herbert's career, and I. I He's a terrible coach, whether it's Mike Williams, whether it's in-game, just just everything. They are a gross, underachieving team that has a lot of talent, and I don't know how that doesn't point directly at the head coach. I don't know. I just I don't get it. Yeah, you can say they are grossly underachieving, and you can also say, with a well-placed comma, they are a gross, comma, underachieving yes. team. Both, yep. n- no lies are detected in either statement. Let me read you... Of all of the incredible stats, we're not going to get into win percentages and, you know, the 538s and whatnot when it was 27 nothing. Yes, the most uh, passed around and shared meme this morning is the Bolts, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers Bolt logo turned into an Atlanta Falcon. Like, it's, I mean, it's truly unthinkable what they did. Third largest playoff comeback. I like to think of that as third largest playoff choke. Fifth largest comeback in NFL history. Far more impressive than what the Vikings did when they were down 33 nothing on a Jeff Saturday to the Indianapolis Colts earlier this season. It, it is a testament to willpower, sticking it out, and, uh, you know, never saying die. In the second half, I mean, Kyle Shanahan probably would look at this game plan, coaching, and execution, and be like, bro, even I wasn't that bad. The play calling in the second half by Brandon Staley and the Chargers with a 27-7 lead on the road when you have dominated in the first half and the Jags are bloody and on the ropes. 24 pass plays, five runs. Explain that to me. I can't. Bad coach. Oh, it's that's that unthinkable. Simple. Like, how does he not? How is he not forced to walk home? He should be, but again, they're a cheap team. I don't know if they're going to pay him not to coach. I don't know if they're going to pay big money to replace him because that's a job that you know I, I reference. I, I saw somewhere league circles offensive coaches are like lining up they are hoping more than fans or anybody else that he gets canned because it's a primo opportunity with the talent that they have to instantly 
be a contender. Instantly buff up your own resume if you land there with Herbert and Eckler and all those guys. But they are who they are. And give credit to Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks, what, 95% that you throw. I didn't know this. He had never thrown a first-quarter interception. And then he pulled a Miami Heat and said, not one, not two, but three first-quarter interceptions, four in the quarter. They go minus five in the turnover differential. And yet Trevor Lawrence, with that long hair, just kind of all shucks it off the field. And he and Doug Peterson sit down and come up with a a comeback plan. And, you know, that right there looks like a marriage of a coach. And and we're experts in this area in the other Mm -hmm. direction, but a marriage of a coach and a quarterback who are – on the same page, quiet confidence, whatever you want to call it, they work well together. And I know it's only one year, but certainly it's been a hell of a year for Trevor Lawrence to turn things around with Doug Peterson, and they did the ultimate turnaround in the second half of a playoff game, which I need to be honest, I didn't see live. I thought the game effing sucked, so I went to bed. I broke my own Andy Hart rule of you never Andy, know what's going to happen Andrew in sports. Hart, Jumbo Hart, yep, take broke a my lap. Rule. Broke my you? rule. Okay, quite on, and you broke your own, not only just like the sacred rule of being a host or co-host on a Sunday football show during the playoffs where you probably should see everything. Granted, I know you could watch the 10-minute cutdown on YouTube this morning and feel like you were all buffed up in prime, but I, I did the same. I uh, got the kids to bed. Wife and I had a late supper. A- at halftime, it was 27-7, and I said, you know what? Let's let's watch a show. I need to watch something that's going to like not make me feel like I wasted a nice Saturday night at the old at the old escape. So... We, in the third quarter, I watched an episode of my current favorite show, Welcome to Wrexham, about a different kind of football. Great show. Felt good. Then I was thinking, maybe it's time to turn in. And I said, you know what? Let's just check the game for fun. And it was 30-20, and I said, Jags are going to win this game. And it, we just watched the fourth quarter and had a blast, both in that sort of joyous hooray for Jacksonville. Look at this play calling. Look what happens when you've got a young quarterback with dynamics and talent and promise and power and potential, with a good play caller. Ooh, look at these wide receivers they spent a bunch of money on. They're actually getting open and making clutch catches. Wow, that tight end was only available for a one-year $7 million deal and Evan Engram, and he's balling out. Wow, that's so funny. We paid $50 million for our Evan Engram, and he's called Janu, and he stinks. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. And you're also just admiring and laughing at the Chargers imploding and folding in front of your face. It was high gridiron entertainment andy i'm sorry you missed it live because uh it felt like a moment of course if you were listening to the um the ambient filled play call of al michaels and tony dungy and i think we're good with both of them Uh, they're still trending at this at this moment andy because the play call was so bad from the two of them combined especially dungy and al michaels was just phoning it in but it was a memorable game and real quick before we uh let ethan trend and catch you up on everything else in the wide world of sports the first game, the a competitive first half, I think Brock Purdy and the Niners had a little too much uh, big game energy going throughout them, and the Seahawks uh, basically had a half's worth of game about them, and then they just got crushed. But I got to tell you, that kid, why, don't even anyone think about what are the Niners going to do with Trey Lance, and I wonder if Brady's going to finally be able to finish his career where he grew up rooting. Uh-uh. That kid's a stud. He's more than just a product of great play calling and elite talent around him. He's the real deal, and I think we're going to be watching Brock Purdy slinging it on Sundays for a while to come. Yeah, I'm always a little hesitant with that. I think he's good. He's a fun story. Seems like a great kid. Everybody loves him there. I know there's a lot of comparisons already being made to Brady because of 01 taking over as a backup and the way the team Mm -hmm. played and all that. 
But then I look at some of the throws he has to make. You could make them, Fitzy. And I've never seen you throw a football, but I'm guessing it's not that impressive. Okay, well, we've tossed it around the studio. It's five <laughs> yards at a time. Uh, yeah, d- dude, there I are mean, some that plays. that Debo play, when you have one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL with nobody within 20 yards of him, and you just toss it up and he runs down the sideline and you get credit for a 70-yard touchdown pass, and like Ayuk pretty is, good for Purdy. And 25 yards downfield open in the flat is Ayuk, and right oh, yeah. over the middle, George That's Kittle, the real Arizona gets... State receiver. Yeah, holy smoke. Oh, God. Oh, it hurts so bad. That game... I mean, that's pain to me. Just watching Metcalf ball out and lead the Seahawks in the first half, have his best have his best postseason game, have one of the better have easily his best game of the twenty twenty two season, technically played in twenty twenty three. That game for a Pats fan, absolute pain. Oh, All yeah. day it's pain. Not just by missing the playoffs, but by watching good play calling with a young quarterback, good spacing from your receivers, clever play calling. Whether whether it is some of the design boots and rollouts with Purdy, who moves pretty darn well with the ball in his hands, too. That brass balls call on fourth and one, where there's eight guys on the line for Doug Peterson, and it's the quick handoff to Travis Etienne, who doesn't go up the middle but goes right for 25 yards. Like, oh, oh. And then, of course, Debo and Metcalf and Ayuk. Oh, just no. absolute pain for the Pats fan. It is. They're the, I called them on Twitter. They're the anti-Patriots. They have elite weapons, and they have a scheme that gets those elite weapons wide open. Imagine that. Imagine what that must be like. I had a bunch of people text me over the weekend and say, I can't believe, uh, and or it feels weird watching playoff football without the Patriots, to which I replied, A, by this time last year, we woke up on a Sunday morning feeling like we actually watched our house get robbed live and in person while we sat on the sofa because that beatdown from the Bills was so bad. So relax, you don't have to deal with that pain. And also, it's a stress-free weekend of football. I don't think with the talent we saw on the field yesterday and what we'll see today, you would have wanted to have seen these Patriots get out there and get their rears handed to them. They are who we thought they were. They were an 8-9 and nine football team. And in the end, they got the finish and the season and the non-playoff berth they deserve. So what can you say about it, Andy? 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. When we come back, we will, in fact, pivot to those Patriots. It was a very bizarre week for the Patriots <laughs> what was Mr. Kraft thinking in basically taking charge and he kind of put Bill Belichick in a corner how weird did you guys find it Andy and I will break it down and so much more when we come back on a WEEI football Sunday but first we trend with our pal Ethan now here's what's trending on WEEI Trending now at WEEI and WEI.com. Super Wild Card Weekend is off and running for the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers beating the Seattle Seahawks 41-23 to yesterday afternoon. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were down by 27 points at one point, storming back in the second half and completing the comeback in beating the Chargers 31-30 to on a last-second field goal. You can catch all three of today's playoff games, Dolphins at Bills, Giants at Vikings, and Ravens at Bengals, right here at WEI. Coverage for all three of those games begins at 12.30 p.m. 
In other news, the Celtics extending their win streak to six games after beating the Charlotte Hornets 122-106 yesterday. Jason Tatum leading the way in scoring for the team. He had 33 points on the night. The Celtics face the Hornets again tomorrow afternoon. Tip-off for that game is set for 1 p.m. And your Boston Bruins coming away with a 4-3 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. Pasternak, Bergeron, Greer, and Grizzlick all contributing in the goals department. The Bruins have the Philadelphia Flyers up next puck drop for that game is set for 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow as well. I'm Nathan Hersadulu and that's what's trending here at WEEI and WEEI.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you for making Fitzy and Hart, a.k.a. the Six Rings Brothers, a.k.a. WEEI Football Sunday, a part of your Super Wild Card Weekend Sunday. You can listen to us anywhere, 93.7 FM, all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network, WEEI.com, of course, the Odyssey app as well. Give us a text at 37937 and let us know where you're taking the show in today. Like our pal Matt D., who is currently down in Florida, listening on the Odyssey app, getting ready for a super wild card weekend Sunday. We thank you very much, Matt, for listening, and thank you guys for tuning in as well. This portion of WEI Football Sunday is brought to you by Wise Snacks. It's the football postseason win or go home. And Boston Sports Original has all the news, all the takes, and all the games. WEI's coverage of the NFL playoffs, of course, is sponsored by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of a 100 authentic pro football jerseys andy if you were to wear or at least invest in for yourself uh your football playing son the jersey of somebody who doesn't play for the patriots whose jersey would it be and why the red josh allen bills jersey i've told you that's a solid call it's a good looking jersey and Mm -hmm. he has just impressed me so much where he's gone as a quarterback on the field but then also as a leader and through the issues they've dealt with, I have uh, I have become a huge Josh Allen fan. And Joe Burrow is second, by the way. The white Joe Burrow or the orange oh. Joe Burrow, wouldn't mind that either. That icy Bengals jersey, tight. Very solid. That is like when they go with the all-white Tiger routine there, like I haven't loved White Lion as much since I bought the album Pride back in 1989. There's a deep cut for everyone in Massachusetts no who idea. grew up liking some cruddy rock if you were a fan of Extreme. Yeah, I think those are great. I might, I don't know, if my kids ever came to me and said they've already asked for a Brady Buccaneers one several times, and it has been a hard no every single time. Sorry, I just can't do it. I'll let him watch tomorrow night. I'll root alongside him because I love how much they're still invested in his good fortunes because they know how much happiness and how much entertainment and how much more he brought to the region for over 20 years and how much he did for their dad. But I don't know. I might let, I might let the kids get a Justin Jefferson. That kid is something else. Yep. I, love, I love watching it. I don't know how he gets open so effortlessly that's what i love about the way he runs he's just it's effortless it really is he's how the great ones are to watch i thought randy moss was the same way and i know there's a lot of comparisons because of the vikings things and the records and the yards and everything but i thought randy moss was the same way you didn't you didn't see a guy who looked like he was running fast unless you mm-hmm. compared him to the other people on the field and you're like oh 
how come he's running right by that guy with his hand up like a mailbox waiting for the ball to drop in behind him? So, yeah, Justin Jefferson, actually, my son, that was one of his Christmas presents. Purple Justin Jefferson jersey. No way. Yep. How about he's that? Over, he's go. up there. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, those are all, I know, popular ones. And then you can't go wrong with, we were just talking about them, the Chargers. They have the, the baby blue Chargers are, I know. Oh, so I, no. I wish I was a Chargers fan. You feel like a loser when you wear one right now. I mean, yeah, my right God. now it's going to change. The corner okay. will be turned. I don't care how much you have to spend for Sean Payton. You do it, and you do it now. Andy, before we pivot Patriots, we have some calls on the wild card weekend, including uh, Will, who's in Rhode Island. He has some thoughts on the Chargers head coach situation. Will, welcome to WEI Football Sunday. Hey, how's it going? Um, first off, a uh, shout-out to my Giants today. Good luck with them. But uh, also wanted to get your opinion on like you said earlier you know the chargers typically don't spend a lot of money specifically on their coaching uh sean payton may be out of their price range what would you guys thoughts be on maybe eric the coming over from the chiefs and uh you know maybe coaching him up from there and bringing his offense over there love it thank you appreciate the call will thanks so much here's the thing uh, tell me if i'm wrong andy but have you heard tale as well I'd heard similar things to Dayball, but then obviously the Giants were impressed enough with everything he had done with Josh Allen and the Bills that they brought he and assistant GM, now full-time GM, Joe Shane, down there. That worked out pretty damn well. I mean, coach of the year, and he's going to keep them in that game today. Might even pull off an upset. But uh, Eric Bieniemy, I've heard, doesn't interview well. Yes, I've, I've heard that. Um, I've, I've also heard um, sort of speculation. I don't even think it's informed speculation that maybe – Behind the scenes, he's not, not maybe the most organized and astute um, overall manager as a as a coordinator and that he benefits from being, obviously, with Andy Reid. But I, I think the general idea of marrying up Herbert with an offensive coach, we've seen it work so well in so many cities in the NFL over the last three to five-plus years, and they, they're the outlier in the other direction. They have a defensive head coach who right. calls plays, that's really pretty rare in the NFL these days, and it's and he's not even good. Like that's the other aspect of it. Probably the, I probably buried the lead there. He's not a good coach. Plus, he's not an offensive coach. So I, I think absolutely. I'll throw another name out there. Okay, who's a yeah? Let's let's put a little. We keep hearing the same names over and over okay. again. And no, it's not going to be Chris Curtis's idea of from the Chargers. I call up and see how much it costs for Belichick. You who had said previously. If Belichick were dismissed or if you were frustrated with the heavy hand that Robert Kraft took in the past week of Patriots events, that if he wanted to go somewhere, he could pass Shula in two seasons flat and maybe pick up a Super Bowl along the way. Oh, absolutely. That that was his Tampa Bay. That was the, the yes. Phil Good. Jackson Great landing comp. spot. Yep. That's his That's opportunity. His yep. Loaded. Boom. Go there. Uh, I'm going to throw a name out there that I thought I was ahead of the curve on because of my personal bias. But Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, who was a former passing game coordinator for the Sean McVay Los Angeles Rams, obviously. Uh, right Waldron, tree. Waldron did a great job this year with Geno Smith, maybe comeback player of the year, earning him some money, got them to the playoffs, had them at least in the game for a half against that Niners defense. He could be a, uh, a rising option as an offensive mind, offensive play caller who could get head coach considerations at some point. Obviously, the... Um, the Lions guy is one of the hottest candidates on the planet. Yeah, after you, what he you did. took the name right out of my mouth. Ben Johnson. If yeah, I'm I don't, the Chargers, psh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't think they can compete there either. Sounds like he might have his pick of jobs potentially 
uh, as the next young offensive mind. So I, Shane Waldron, I think, would be a dark horse candidate, but probably more in their budget, potentially. Also knows his way around the SoFi Stadium from his time with the Rams um, and was a former Patriots assistant way back in the day. So uh, yep. he's just a name to keep an eye on that could be rising up some boards, and if not this year, probably maybe next year. Yeah, I I would think Ben Johnson might have three, maybe four options. Like maybe he'll meet with the Texans. I think Carolina's on the docket. You you get rid of this knucklehead Staley, who seems not only to be his own worst enemy, but allergic to success. All the advanced analytics, just a bad, every bit of a bad look. You feel so terribly for it. I'm not sure if you saw this, Andy, but there was somebody on DraftKings last night who at the half when it was, no, when they were up 27 to nothing, a gambler in Las Vegas, oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe, used the DraftKings app uh, and bet $1.4 million just to win $11,000 because the the money line was so bad. But it's like, it's 27 to nothing. And he lost Idiot. over a million dollars just to win eleven k. So dumb. So Th- dumb. That's what you get for making that bad a bet. Like, Shime will tell you, others will tell you, there's no chance in the world anybody with their head screwed on straight would make that kind of bet because of how significant the outlay is. No matter how bad the odds are, how easy you think picking up 11K is, you don't spend seven digits to get that money. And it makes no sense. If you have that much money to bet, you're wealthy. You have a lot of money do you? Does it feel good to have an extra eleven thousand? Like it? May, it doesn't even make Compared any sense to, to me. Seven figures. It it makes no sense to me on any level. That was one of the the dumbest bets, inexplicable bets I've ever seen. Even though it should have won. I mean, you you feel good at twenty seven nothing, and guys throwing picks left and right. He's completing balls to Asante Samuel more than he is to his own team. But the what, what's the old saying that the 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 juice isn't worth the squeeze or whatever no, like what are you no. doing there like that's just stupid that's a, i'm i'm the king of dumb bets when i do them on our radio station because i like to go for like the big money the the first touchdown score in a prime time mm-hmm. game or something long shots at least there's fun there because you know the payoff is 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 strong mm-hmm. this was just this was just pure idiocy i almost don't believe it there's almost something weird there i don't because even mattress mac is that his name Mattress yes, man. the one who he lost a ton on t- but TCU he, on Monday. He bets with his team, and he bets on some long shots, and it's part of his marketing campaign. There's a lot that goes into it. This For was sure. just stupid. Just stupid. Just plain stupid. Uh, so let's let's take a quick look at what went on in Foxborough and what a wild, basically unique week it was for the New England Patriots. So they get eliminated on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Season's over, 8-9. and nine. We move on to Monday. We're home. Okay. Uh, self-inflicted wounds. Frustrating season. Could have easily won two, three more games. Made it to the playoffs. Who knows what the team would have done. But here we are. Monday, Belichick has the end-of-season presser where he talks about the Patriots being 27th in cash spending over the last three years. A lot of odd sound bites. Makes it sound like he's basically throwing ownership or the crafts incidentally or not under the bus for not spending enough money, even though the Patriots had the most expensive wide receiver room and the second most expensive tight end room in the league over the last two years with all the money they had spent during the uncharacteristically aggressive free agency spree. Then he has to call up Jim McBride of the Globe and qualify those remarks to make it seem like he's not taking a shot at ownership. Meanwhile, ownership is sending an email to all the STMs, the season ticket members, 
saying they're disappointed. Big changes, significant changes will be undertaken to make sure what happened to the Patriots this year doesn't happen again. Mr. Kraft is unhappy. Cut to Tuesday. All of a sudden, there's a press release that's put out at 7 o'clock at night. I'm on the show with Rich Keefe on the Rich Keefe Show. And all of a sudden, we see the Field Yates tweet, mouthpiece for the organization. Giardi obviously gets a leak. Then there's an official press release that goes out to all the media members saying that the New England Patriots are trying to lock up Gerard Mayo long-term, preventing him from taking any defensive coordinator or head coaching opportunity interviews. And on top of it, they officially announce that they're pursuing a new offensive coordinator. Holy smokes. And that's just by Tuesday night at 7 what the hell? Is, I'm, I don't. I don't want to go full Lombardi here, but what the hell is going on around here? So this is a strong word, and I don't know if it's too strong. Felt like a castration to me. Felt like Oof. Bill Belichick lost Oof. his yoke. Like he just. You wanted change this off season, and I say you, everybody, Patriots fans. Oh, I need a core. You know, because funny you said they're gonna gonna interview for a new offensive coordinator. No, no, no. They're gonna interview for an offensive coordinator. We didn't have one of those last year. We didn't have titles, and we're told they're going to go interview for that title. So I'm assuming that person will have that title. But you know what I found really interesting? What's that? The first couple sentences. I mean, the first couple words of this two-sentence release that I think was like 39 words and to me was a was an a, you know, atomic bomb, just an absolute bombshell in Patriot Nation, big boy. And it said the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Did, did that strike a nerve with you at all? Uh, I thought it was weird, and... Are they co-parenting, or are they still married? Uh, no, this was one of those, like, Bill, we're putting your name in this as well. This like this felt like the press release equivalent of the video that was put out before Mac was drafted, like, are you good with this, Matt? Are you good with this, Elliot? Are you good with this? Like, it felt like a KS&E staged a little bit. Well, see, that one, I think, was a Bill Belichick staging. This is a Robert Kraft staging. There's no yeah, doubt in my okay. mind this has never happened before. This has never happened to the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick's control and I believe it has still never happened under Bill Belichick's control because he didn't control this I don't believe that that was this was done on the ownership level not the football level those are two different levels at Gillette Stadium also on the ownership level are other people which includes communication marketing sales all those things I think this was made on the second floor of Gillette Stadium and basically told to the first floor. But even in, in doing it that way, I found it interesting that it said the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, like two separate entities, not together, not one entity, because couldn't it have just been the New England Patriots? Don't A we unified for, Doesn't Bill? saying New England Patriots mean everyone that is under the banner, whether it's someone who yep. works in marketing, promotions, someone who takes care of the turf, the head coach, people in the draft and personnel, player personnel yep. department, or Robert Kraft? Yes. Except it says he's on board too. Patriots and Bill Belichick. Interesting. Just I found that interesting. But the bigger overall thing is a you're getting what you wanted, which is great. But b is there a cost? Like what does this mean behind closed doors? And I know we have gotten these little whispers and reports. Oh, Bill was on board with this. Bill, you know, the initial current report that he sort of fell on his sword. And he, you know, could not push back against what went wrong offensively and with the coaching and everything this year. I still wonder how this is all going to be handled by him and how it'll play out with him. Is he hiring an offensive coordinator? Is he really negotiating with Gerard Mayo? And what if Gerard Mayo says, yeah, I want X, Y, Z, and Z equals defensive coordinator? 
What if Gerard Mayo, part of the negotiation, he wants the damn title that means something in his career advancement? I just, it, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. I guess that's what I need to oh, say. Oh, there is a ton going on here. Like, you know, when it, when it comes to the search for offensive coordinator, technically, I'll just put it out there, and I know this is probably going to spoil a lot of brunches right now and make people maybe even reach for an extra Bloody Mary. Please don't turn the radio off. We have a lot of great hours to come here on WEEI Football Sunday. Matt Patricia wasn't technically the offensive coordinator last year. For all we know, Andy, he could still interview for the job. He could still submit his <laughs> no name chance. for consideration. No chance. Why not? No chance. No, don't try to scare Patriots fans on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, they're right. having their coffee. They're enjoying I'm some not snowflakes. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to hot take it. I you are. You. I don't know if you're trying or not to, but you're scaring the hell out of people. Matt okay. Patricia will not be anywhere near the play calling and coordination of the Patriots offense. The closest he can hope to be is the offensive line coach. And I I'm don't want him doing sure that. that. Okay, I don't want him doing that. I want him up different. in the Ernie Adams role. Go negotiate contracts. Accompany Bill on recruiting trips. Tell him to go challenge. do those go do those football operational type things. Yeah, sign some checks, negotiate some deals. Please do not have anything to do with the offense this year. No disrespect. Again, Honestly, like Belichick said, if anything goes wrong, if you have a problem with the offense, the team, players, calls, etc., come to me. So, like you and I have said a number of times, on the air, the podcast, and beyond, it falls at the feet of Bill Belichick. Uh, as to who is going to be the coordinator and what those interviews are going to be like, that's going to be fascinating to me because do Patricia and Judge, or at least Patricia, get to sit in with Bill during the interviews? Will he have Matt Grow in there because he's the director of pro player personnel? Is it just Bill? Is it Bill, Robert, and Jonathan? Does Robert and or Jonathan get final say on who the coordinator is? That's why, actually, when you use a word like castrated, sure, it's strong. I mean, it'll always be a bold word. Uh, Perhaps emasculated would have been a little bit uh, Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's cut and paste, find in document, and anywhere it says castrated, do emasculated. Uh, Ethan, if you could do us a favor before we publish this uh, both at <laughs> weei.com and on the Six Rings feed, could you go back and just put uh, copy paste Andy saying emasculated over castrated earlier? Absolutely. <laughs> That's how he wants to spend his afternoon, young handsome man of the uh, Boston area that he is. Yeah, I, it's an it, it feels a little emasculating, and I'm just God to just be a ring camera or just a webcam in that room when these interviews take place. Now, as to who the next coordinator could possibly be, we've got some suggestions. We've got some thoughts. I see you guys have lined up at 617-779-7937. We'll get to your calls. We will speak next as to who we think could be an offensive coordinator candidate for the Patriots and one in-house candidate who may actually soon talk to a division rival. Are they trying to play the Patriots or is their interest legit? It's all coming up next on WEEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. Don't go anywhere. WEEI Football Sunday carries on with your old pals Fitzy and Hart, the Six Rings and Football Things podcast pals. Make sure you download and listen to all the Six Rings podcasts to keep you up to date and informed all off-season long in what we are dubbing one of the most interesting off-seasons in New England Patriots history. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever awesome football talk can be found. And, of course, this hour of WEI Football Sunday brought to you by our friends at Zudi. Build any app your company needs in just one week's time. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y, dot com for your free trial. Andy, quick phone call. We have people interested in talking about the Patriots coordinator situation before we give our spins and takes. Paulie's in the truck. Hi, Paulie. Good morning. 
Good morning, gentlemen. Long time no speak. It's always a pleasure, sirs. Indeed. Okay, a couple of things. Um, you got to with, with this contract with Mayo. Obviously, if he's going down to Carolina, does not include uh, him becoming the next head coach of the New England Patriots. That's a mistake. You want to uh, uh, try to build long-term stability in the coaching ranks. Now you have an opportunity to do that by doing that for Mayo. Have him run the, the, the defense until Coach Belichick retires, and then Steve takes over the defense. He becomes head coach. You're all set from head coach to, to the defensive side of the ball for a very long time. You apply those same principles to the offense. You hire uh, Chad O'Shea or, or Bill O'Brien. And knowing that's good, that's a dead-end position for them, you, uh, you, you elevate Kaylee to your quarterback's coach. And you have him come up, have him come up, and you, you uh, lock him in long-term, okay? And you tell, you tell him, like you tell Mayo, you're the, you're the OC in waiting. Like Mayo, you're the head coach in waiting. So you have stability in your coaching ranks for a long time to come. Um, then you have to finish the job. It's fine, Danny, to have a great coaching staff, which they will, if they do those things for a very long time. But you need to finish the job on the field. It's the games are won and lost between the lines. And you have six elite quarterbacks in your conference. All right? You have a, a guy with popcorn, big guns, six of them. You have a guy with popcorn talent. You're not going, uh, as your quarterback, you're not going anywhere. You got to get real. Take the two for Mac, send him out to Vegas where he wants to go, and Josh wants him. Josh doesn't want to fly alone with Stiddy. He wants, he needs, he wants Mac out there, too. So for everybody's sake, do that, and they get Grady, Brady and Gronk back here. So what you're getting for Mac Jones is a two plus Brady and Gronk. You do Wait, whoa, that whoa. deal every day, all day. Yeah, I, I, I have would. no interest in Brady. Paulie, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate the fact that you had several solid points. You outlined them, got to them succinctly in order. Excellent call. I do not believe Tom Brady is coming back here. Andy, I've told you before, I have already pushed my chips. I am pot in. Uh, I didn't even have to wear sunglasses or like stare at the table to make it awkward for all the other players. He is going to Miami next year because I don't think Tua can play football anytime soon. I think it would be too dangerous for him. You're not going with Teddy Two Gloves. Skylar Thompson, as we are all about to see, is not the answer to anything aside from who is that quarterback who helped Miami lose by 40 to the Bills in Wild Card Weekend in 2023. Tom Brady wanted to go there before. Steven Ross wants to give him whatever he wants because he's a Michigan guy. And Gronk will join him down there, and it'll be absolute visual nightmare fuel for Pats fans to come. Everything else he said about coaching and coordinating, I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't. I think a lot of it is unrealistic. Um, well, I mean, quite okay. honestly, is, you know, let us dream. We had a had a less than optimal situation for the offensive play calling and for the Patriots over the past couple of weeks. So I, why why I, would Nick Cayley take the quarterback's job and some promise for coordinator when he's getting coordinator interviews right now? And you already passed him over. He should have been the coordinator last year. You know, as Giardi tweeted out yesterday, you know, there were some in the building that thought he should run the offense. Yeah, there were many outside the building. He was the obvious candidate. Bill already porked him. If I'm him, I'm getting as far away from this offense and this team as I possibly can, especially if I'm getting a coordinator title and bump and pay to go with it, whether that's with the Jets or whoever else. Now, the Jets one is scary because I don't know if that means you have to deal with Zach Wilson or what the situation will be there. Um, but, yeah, so the Nick Cayley aspect of that is interesting. I also find it interesting how they're going to tiptoe through this Gerard Mayo thing. As I said earlier, if he wants to be coordinator, where does that leave Steve? Steve is Bill's kid. I always go back to the Seth Wickersham story in ESPN in which he reported, and I, don't, I think this was underplayed, and I've argued that forever. People can tell me I'm an idiot. He wrote, Bill Belichick had a plan for a truly 
dynastic succession plan in New England. I took that as being literal. Dynasties pass it through the bloodline. That's the succession plan. I think that was his succession plan. If Mayo is the next in line in craft size, where does that leave Steve and where does that leave Bill and where does that leave the the team moving forward over the short term? This just in, as much as Bill Belichick has done, as much success as he's had, as brilliant as he is, and as much of a living legend as he is, I mean, hell, there should probably be a room with all of his accomplishments, game plans, and football knowledge, be it virtual or literal, when you walk into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Why would he get to choose who the next head coach is? Oh, no, he shouldn't. No. But have you ever heard of egos? Have you ever heard of power? Sure have. you ever heard of people that believe things they should not believe because they get caught up in their own stank and sweat and smoke and oh, I think yeah Bill i do a radio that. show with that several times a week no with who <laughs> keith you shouldn't talk about keith that way that is not very oh nice. well played nice turn of words um, um but so no yeah. like that's where i get to we talked all year about mac jones being broken mm-hmm. are we gonna watch a broken bill belichick stumble along to try to win uh, 19 more games. Is that the number, I believe? 19 more games. Or are we going to gonna watch a, a... Yes, that is 19 more games till he passes Shula, gets to 348, and has the all-time coaching head coaching wins total in the NFL. Is he or just are we going to watch that? a Bill Belichick actually turn, smile towards someone else and say, thanks for helping me clear out one of my blind spots. I just couldn't see what I was missing there. Yeah, we'll see. I guess that would take some humility, which you're, you mm. don't believe is actually too often this is, part of the All this equation. talk is probably why I'm no longer on the Christmas card list, by the way. I was going to say, there's probably a reason. <laughs> no kidding. Jeez. Uh, the organization does so much for you for almost 20 years. I know you hustled uh, your took yeah. us off for them as well. But jeepers, creepers, Andy. My goodness gracious. Just no wonder why just... whenever Belichick sees you in the hallway, he just goes, Ugh. Well, sometimes. And then he's nice. I don't understand it. But, yeah. I probably. Yeah. You know. All right. So. Standing here today, it is Sunday, January 15th, and 2023. That's the year. Yep. Okay, good. Nice job, Fitz. Who's going to be the next coordinator? Give me one or two. Don't say Bill O'Brien. You could okay. if you really believe it. But who do you honestly believe? Because we've heard now Nick Cayley may not be part of the equation here. The New York Jets, after firing Mike LaFleur, have requested an interview. Why wouldn't Cayley take it? Because it could be a prime op. And holy smokes, why didn't he get one here in the first place? Who do you think is another possibility, a legitimate candidate for Pat's OC. Well, since he took the Ricky Williams route, I don't think it's Cliff Kingsbury buying a one-year, uh, one-way ticket to Thailand um, and feeling Good comfortable. Good for him, collecting. by the way. Oh, great, great. Pocket Tremendous. full of cash. Go meditate. Yep. Go sit on some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Meet interesting people. Eat amazing food. And just... Get out of this, like, get out Rat of this race. jet stream yep. for a while. Absolutely. Get off the wheel. Um, so I don't have a name for you. I'm going to be honest. But I, what I do have, I'm really starting to believe it's going to be an extreme option. I still think Billy O'Brien makes the most sense. But if that doesn't work for whatever reason, he ends up in Tampa. He ends up a head coach. I, I don't know. Whatever. Hmm. You, you wouldn't let me answer him anyway. So if I'm going to take, you know, what's behind door number two, I don't okay. think it's a... Uh, goat eating hay like on the old let's make a deal days i think i think they are casting a wide net and i think it may be just like an extreme wow never saw that coming i never thought bill would do that never thought bill would consider that i don't know i'm starting to think we're going to be wowed by whoever the offensive coordinator is just something we didn't see coming outside the family because everything this season about the patriots head coaching uh, excuse me, rather the Patriots coaching staff, ranks which were far too thin. We've spoken often and time again about the brain drain. 
in the coaching boxes and on the sideline because they have one of the smallest coaching staffs with one of the smallest coaching budgets in the NFL. They've lost too many talented coordinators, assistants, special assistants, and beyond over the last couple of years. And they have asked people that are experiencing new positions and a head coach who says do your job to suddenly now have to do nine jobs. You're supposed to make it easier. Work smarter, not harder, the older you get. And Bill Belichick has just put too much, proverbially, on his plate. I would be shocked, though, if it was somebody outside the system because you either had to have the same last name, have played for Belichick, or be a lifetime assistant uh, uh, you know, or confidant to be a part of the staff. Yep. Uh, but I would love... That was back you know, when he made the decisions. Right. And now, of course, Robert Kraft has stepped in with now several, he's been with a Two press, <laughs> two press releases later, one in the form of a season ticket holder email, the other an official release on a Tuesday night following the Patriots' elimination in Buffalo. Just very unpatriot things. Mm. Could this be the end of the unpatriot things to get us back to Patriots football? Because when they did all their winning, more often than not, they had traditionally named coordinators why they decided to eschew all of that and go non-traditional Belichickian-type means and roads and avenues I don't know, but if they just found somebody out of the blue who had worked with McVeigh or Sarkeesian or someone Bill O'Brien recommends, if there's a new Ben Johnson, Ken Dorsey, Mike Kafka-type person who was a quarterback who played a Joe Brady who had some ideas and has coached uh, and coordinated several successful offenses at the collegiate and pro level, I'm I'm in. Sign me up, please, me by too. all means. Well, And that's why... You not only do you mentioned earlier, we've been talking about this being the most interesting offseason in Patriots history or one of them. And it's off to a hell of a start so far. And we haven't even done anything. We're basically just analyzing press releases. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting season because, I, you know, my rule one, entertain me. And you're starting to entertain me with potential in the offseason, which mm-hmm. could lead towards entertainment in season. But I think Bill's opening his eyes. Modern offense, modern expansion. We know they were dabbling in the the Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay world, don't dabble. Don't dip your toe in. Cannonball. Plug your nose, bend your knees, and jump on in, Bill. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. 37937 if you would like to text the program. The socials at WEEI, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy GFY. When we come back for hour number two of WEEI Football Sunday with the Six Ring Guys, we'll talk more about the Patriots' search for their next offensive coordinator and what we believe will be question number one asked of each and every offensive coordinator candidate plus your calls and so much more as we get you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend Sunday here on WEEI.